Hey, pero bien. Hi, my bookish gente. We're back with another episode of Leyendo la Diaspora. I'm your co-host, Joanna. And this is Kalima from Cafe con Libros. How is everyone? How are you? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm really good. How are you? <laughs> Same. I'm very, very tired. Um, and I'm trying to get good. I, it's, it's, you know, exhaustion is not my thing. I specialize in sleeping and to not have been able to sleep for the past couple of days have been very, very difficult for me. So I'm hoping that I can get back on track pretty soon and get back to being just beyond okay or good and be in a place of thriving. Yeah, I feel you. When I can't sleep at all, I that's actually when I try to read my most so that my eyes get really, really tired. Um, but I feel you. So what are we going to be talking about today? Romance! <laughs> yes, because we did not have enough after talking about You Had Me at Ola. Um, and... I love romance. We talked about it a little bit. And yeah, we're going to talk about romance books. We're going to talk about the genre. We're going to talk about Latinx romances, the tropes we love, the tropes we, we don't love, and how Correct. how we came to feel about romance as a genre. Yeah. And you know what? The, uh, another reason why, reason 1,286, why I'm so excited to do this podcast with you is because romance is not my was not my thing and I'm realizing that it actually is my thing um but it may it has been making me think about my relationship to romance and why it has taken me so long to get here yeah like I'm 42 and I think that my first romance novel probably was in 2018 or 2019 my what, first what, what was the book um The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I haven't read it, but I have it. Yeah. Should, should I like move it? <laughs> should I move it up in my TBR? Um, I did not. I did not enjoy it. I okay. felt like that book was too predictable and mm. and simplistic. And I, but, and I also want to just sort of qualify that with the sense, with, with part of my history around romance. Like, I don't have a history around romance. I don't have an affinity to, I did not, I should say, have an affinity to it. Um, and it was my first one. So I think that maybe I was more critical than, mm -hmm. than possibly needed or warranted. But I did not enjoy it. My second one, which was The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang, I loved mm -hmm. every word of that book and it really was a moment of like ah I didn't even know this existed inside of you Kalima you know mm -hmm. okay so how do you feel like your relationship to the romance genre in general has changed and why have you wanted to give it more of a chance and involve it more in your books <laughs> good um, good question. I think it has changed. Um, I think that I, there's something hopeful, promising, very exciting and titillating about romance novels mm -hmm. that I think that as a, a person who has been an academic for a very long time, who's been teaching and who's really spent the majority of my time in that space and in that thinking um, space as well, that headspace, this allows me an escape. 
that I just didn't have before. I didn't even know existed or was an option for me. I also think that um, as a person who, um, like a social worker and a social activist, I think that we are more, we feel more obligated to continue to read in those areas because of course we don't want to be the one person that doesn't know, but also we want to be accountable. And so like part of that is is reading what we consider relevant, mm-hmm. timely books. Like if you ask any organizer, we've all probably read some of the top five same books, right? And it could, we've all read it. We've all been to those talks. We've all done the same things. And so I think that um, I was slow to romance. But now um, being part of a book club where other people get to choose the books, I'm being exposed to different types of books. And I'm changing. Like I'm not changing as a person. I'm discovering yeah. Myself as a person. What about you? How did you come to romance? Um, first, I want to say I love that because I think so many times the romance genre in general is just we are too critical of it. And I agree that like probably who like have you read Emergent Strategy and everybody would be like, of course. Right. And then they're like, pleasure <laughs> activism, of course. But then we can talk about like the pleasure that we get get from like reading romance books and that that's Correct. also like a great place to be. Um I have, I don't know, I've always loved romance and I used to read YA romance. Um, I don't remember like which was the first one or anything like that. I definitely used to read spicy romances when I was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. They were all like white though. Um, I don't even know how I used to get them. I think I used to find them like as ebooks or something because I can't mm-hmm. imagine that I had a big pile of like these old western historical romances and then my mom was just like letting me chill with a pile of those but i know i was reading historical romances a lot um and i really liked them i think that when i was younger it was kind of a like not just the romance but the spicy scenes it was like this forbidden thing of like oh i have this book and i can read these things right and also no one would ever know that i was doing that um and yeah, so I've always loved romance books, but then I did take a time away from them when I was in my academic spaces because, you know, um, the romances were just Shakespeare. <laughs> that, that, right. That's the romances <laughs> and that, that, that they were letting me read. Right. <laughs> and no. um, so I read a lot of Shakespeare because it was being assigned. And then I think it's funny because in academic settings, we don't really talk about romance genre but they love talking about romance as a theme and a topic so we talk about things being romantic very differently in the academic setting like it's not about these love stories with like people falling in love it's about just like nature and human right like that's that's romance in the academic space um so i did take a pause and i think i went through a time where i was also like oh is it too predictable um, and then doing dating violence prevention work, there was a time where I was, I was kind of like, I don't know, like, there's a lot of red flags in romance. And Very much so. It makes it, it made it hard sometimes to enjoy Correct. it. To, yes. Cause yes, I yes. don't know, like, I don't know if you've ever even felt this, like just being in the domestic violence field, um, and work where when you meet people, you're like, red flag here, red flag there, right? Like, Correct. It, you just can't relax, especially in the beginning. Right. And so it was really hard for me to relax into a romance book that had a lot of red flags, which unfortunately, I think that 
like there are a lot of just romance tropes that romanticize harm and violence in relationships in different ways but then I started discovering all these authors who they're writing like romance that has like people that seem real right um that the person isn't always getting kidnapped or this isn't like this big thing right is literally like she's trying to figure out her career and he's he has to go to therapy because he needs support right (laughs) and like these humans are coming together and they're falling in love and it's like ooh, i like this um but But yeah i just want to I want to go back to what you said in terms of like being in a domestic violence movement because that's one of the things, another place in which we share in common. You have had a long career in in Mm -hmm. dating violence and with you in particular. Yeah. And I have worked with um, survivors of domestic violence who are adults, but also with children who are in the commercial sexual sex exploitation industry. Um, And I think that being in those areas not only does it make you not allow like to be suspect of books, but it also just says like that shit does not happen. Like right. this is not real. Here is what is real. Like this is like I don't have time for this fantasy stuff. Like this doesn't even feel real to me. And I think like that's the thing with being in um in the movement, so entrenched mm-hmm. in the movement that we don't make space for fantasy. We don't no. make space for joy. We we feel like the... I would say, let me just start using I statements at this point. Like, I felt that at some point in my career, in my organizing, that the that my, my most highest obligation and the ways in which that I can stay faithful to the work and faithful to the people who are most directly impacted by the work that I, by the issue that I'm working on is to continuously read and to bombard myself with that information to the point where recently my, my coach Jen said, Hey Kalima, knock, knock. You do not have to listen to NPR every single day, but it, because it does rob us Mm -hmm. of the ability to experience joy and pleasure without always critiquing it right or always saying like that shit ain't real you know because that's right. where i was so right. i appreciate you saying that about sort of like the violence stuff and i i hope we get to dig into that a little bit more because yeah. i i agree with you i read some shit and i'm like oh are you stalking because that's that feels like a little bit of stalking right. behavior and that i know that the writer is going to make that okay but the person that's reading it if depending on where they are in their own um, maturation may not understand that that's not right. Okay. Yeah, that's a concern. I think for me, like because I was working with, I've been doing this work with young people in particular. I will read something and I'll think about like what is the long term impact of you taking this in, not having a space to unpack it, and then right. you maybe internalizing this as real Correct. or okay or romantic. And it does. It takes right. away that ability to just live in it and be like okay this is fictional this is okay or even when i read a romance book or just a romance story in general where they're falling in love in like a week i just want to be like you know actually there's a lot of things happening in our brain in our nervous system like there's a lot of dopamine levels like let's unpack like why we're moving so quickly right How could this be a red flag? How can we slow down to talk about our boundaries? And it does take away like a lot of the greatness of romance when we're overanalyzing it to be able to like read it, right? And I think at some point I had to learn to remove my facilitator educator self and just like be my reader self, right? Like just enjoy what I'm reading for the sake of it existing. 
your entirely bookish self. But I will tell you this, Jonna, I don't like YA um, romance. Why? I just realized that. So I'm reading, I think I talked about this in the last podcast, and I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly. I think it's the Fa Love Story, which is about two young people, two high schoolers whose parents own, both parents own a Vietnam, a Vietnamese restaurant across the street from one another. And they're, they're rival enemies. Like they hate mm-hmm. one another. But the, of course, the two kids are going to fall in love. And right. I feel like, so in this book, I feel like the author is taking her time through mm-hmm. their, like, their journey. And I'm not interested in that. Um, <laughs> They haven't even kissed yet. Yeah. And we're like more than a halfway through the book. And I'm like, what is the point of this? And then I say to myself, oh, this is YA, right? And so there is this, I mean, and I haven't read enough YA books to fully understand, like maybe YA books are not talking about the fact that young people are actually having sex. I don't know, because they are. And mm-hmm. so let's not even pretend. But I guess like it's not, maybe it's, or they're not like kissing or touching or, you know, but maybe it's not um, socially acceptable for them to actually put that in a book. Um, and, and therefore, I am not interested <laughs> at all. No, I have no fucking interest in that. Because I this is not an escape for me. This is very boring. Yeah. So I realized that, I, yes, I do love romance. I do not like YA. And I'm reading something right now called is called Lovely War. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a love story. It's a YA book again, told told by the goddess Aphrodite. 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 I think so. We can say how we want. And then right, and then like all the goddesses is told from three the the goddess of love, the goddess of war, and the goddess of steel and metal. And I am, and it's historical fiction, and I'm really really enjoying it Didn't yeah you know that was something that was inside of me yeah i think i i like romance in my YA books i think that a lot of times though the romance ends up being more of a subplot even when it's supposed to be a romance book or it's advertised as a romance book because mm-hmm. i think most most of them end up being these coming of age stories or these Correct. like healing stories Especially, I think when it's from authors of color, I don't, I don't particularly read a lot of like white authors at the moment. Actually, I don't mm-hmm. read any. But mm-hmm. I think like when I'm reading, I just finished how Moon Fuentes fell in love with the universe this past mm-hmm. week, and I thought this was a YA romance. Like I came into this book and I was like, "This is gonna be a cute read." Everybody was like, "Ooh!" It made me smile. It made me laugh. I teared. I was like, "This is gonna be the best romance book ever." It was not romance. <laughs> I don't know what people were reading to say this was a romance book. It was a beautiful book. Five stars. Everybody should read it. But it was a sub-romance. That book yeah, I was don't think, not yeah. about the romance. And No, no. I don't think so either. No, and but... Is that how it was being talked yeah, about? Yeah, that's how it was labeled. Okay. And I was like, that's not... That's not romance. That's is there a romance? But it, sure. But I think I, I think that that's part of what, what, the, like what you just said. is like for the romance is different at the the YA yeah. level than at the adult level because in you have me a whole lot and even in the kiss quotient there is no time they are getting it in right, right. like there's this spice there's this like lust right. and that is actually part of romance like that is that is where that is that like that's the difference between a, a romance and a love story i mean you can have romance in your love story right right but 
it's the love stories are long and sometimes they lack romance, right? Because right. like, that's part of what you struggle with. But to to go for me to be two more, almost two thirds into the book and a kiss hasn't happened, <laughs> you're I'm like, not, no, I'm thank not you. interested. I I don't, I don't care anything about these characters. It's funny because on um. On TikTok, there's actually, like, so many discussions about um, romance and just different genres. And I think one of the things that a lot of people are feeling right now is there's not really a a big genre for new adult literature. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are like, okay, we understand that, like, YA, especially set in high school, is not going to have spice, right? Unless it's, like, written by Penelope Douglas. But... Mm -hmm. It's like, also, okay, I don't really want to read about a 16-year-old getting it in, right? And it's going to fade black as it should. But, like, also, there's, like, 22-year-olds, there's 20-year-olds. Like, there are young adults that are, like, Mm -hmm. figuring out life and romance and college and just, like, all these things. And those did not exist when, like, I was that age, right? And I would still want to read them, like... I still want to read about a 25-year-old struggling <laughs> because right. 25-year-olds are out here struggling. Like, right. we're reading romance books where it's like the person has is at an age where or at a point in their life where they can feel very sure that they're like, yeah, we're going to get engaged at the end of this book. Or, yeah, there's going to be a pregnancy at this end of this book. Y'all, I am nowhere near... I'm at a place in my life where I need my romance story right now to end an engagement or a pregnancy. Both of those things would freak me out. (laughs) That's not where I am in life. I just want the romance. (laughs) Like, I want the romance. I want to see them being able to get a cute little resolution at the end. Make it sound like, ooh, they may work out. And also, they may not. Like, I... I don't I, I don't need an engagement at the end of every romance book. Correct. And that's actually one of my pet peeves when a book when they're like younger in age, it ends in a in a in an engagement. I'm like, I'm supposed to believe this twenty two year old wanted to get engaged. Really? I Why? have not even read that that age group. But I just want to self correct because I did read um, Fat Chance Charlie Vega, which I friggin' loved every bit of it. And there was spice. They kiss. They touch because right. they're high school folks, and it's real. But I, you know, whatever. Um, and those were that. So one of the things that we were going to talk about today were tropes and like mm-hmm. which ones that we um enjoy the most. And I think based on how much I loved Fat Chance Charlie Vega, I think I love the friends to lovers trope the most. It's superior, right? I love friends to lovers. I think it's my favorite trope. If I had to live out a trope, I would wish it could be friends to lovers, but I have no childhood friends. (laughs) So (laughs) that's not happening. Um, But it's cool. It's cool. Um, I love friends to lovers. My second favorite is second chance. As long as they didn't break up the first time for a really messed up reason. Right, right. I think my second one would be um, fake dating. Mm-hmm. I just love that. I think it's fun. It's funny. It's it's like they're stumbling along and like thinking that they're playing somebody and they're really playing themselves and really right. seeing like, oh my gosh, I actually, I actually like you, you know? The one that I can't do at all at all is friend is enemies to lovers i i that's something that um just can't work for me and i realized this through watching sex education 
with Eric. Yes, please. Let's talk about and Adam. Because I said, who that that show from top to bottom is every fucking thing. Like from top to bottom, they got that shit. They do everything. Yes. But that storyline, they fucked it up one thousand percent. It's also so homophobic to be like the the gay like the only romance that these gay characters can have is with someone that's harmed them. Like y'all know. Absolutely And that continues to harm. And he's a mediocre white man or mediocre white boy that gets the prize. Like, I know what this guy, the French guy, what, what was his name? I forgot his name. I was just watching this last night. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He was a character out of the heavens. Mm -hmm. And how did Eric end up choosing his abuser? Really? It was, he was literally... Literally physically harming him, physically harming him, and it really goes to show. All they did was, all they did was reify, internalize racial or homophobic oppression. That's what they did with that storyline. So it's really hard for me to deal with enemies to lovers if there is an element of like disrespect Mm -hmm. or disregard or invisibility, like that shit. Like it, it has to be done really. It has to be done really well for me. I think for me, I also hate enemies to lovers. Like, I can, I prefer when people are renaming it, like, rivals to lovers, right? Because we could be on opposite side of a team and not be bullying each other or harming each other. And then we, like, realize, like, actually, this person is pretty dope. And I never got to know them because we were on different teams. That's fine, right? But I think my my biggest problem with enemies to lovers is when... They get together because the person who was causing the harm and violence starts seeing the way that, like, the other person has also been, like, oppressed in life or hurt in life or that they have, like, these sad parts. And now the person who's been experiencing all this harm needs to be able to see the humanity that's left in the other person. And it's like, y'all, like... I don't need you to see my trauma to see humanity in me for you to treat me well. Right. Like, I just, I right. can't with that trope. Um, Children of Blood and Bones. I love that book, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't deal with that relationship. I was like, no, please don't let them get together. Like, why? Like, th- like that is like one of the extreme versions of that trope where they're literally, literally trying to kill one another. Like, literally and it's not until he sees the ways that she's been oppressed and harmed that he's like oh my gosh she's a human y'all no i can't like i can't i can't deal with that trope in that book but i still love the book me i did too i i mean i well i can talk a lot about that book but um i have to say that i did not critique the romance part of it as much as I critique other areas. So I need to go back mm. to my notes in that. Yeah. And that goes to show again, right? Like, so you have the eye for these things when you're reading a book that's completely fantasy. Right. While for me, I'm I'm like, I'm caught up in the whole social justice aspect yeah. of it and the wars and like, you know, the strategy and like believing in yourself and stuff like that, you know? I also read YA and I'm like, is this a book that I can read with the students? Should we get them a copy? Right? Like I can't ah. just read the book and be like, oh, that was that was good. I'm like, ooh, how would this, how would students react to this? Like, should we do a book club? Right. Right. Should we talk right. about this? 
And that Children gotcha. of Blood and Bones was one of those books where I was like, oh, now we're going to have to read this and talk about it. Because this was a lot. Like, this was an enemies to lovers example that just, it did the most. And I don't know, like, I've also seen it where the Spanish love deception got really popular on TikTok. Wasn't for me. But where the 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 guy main character the hero the protagonist whatever he he like was like no i won't work with her because it was a work romance because right. he liked her so much that he couldn't be in her space and right mind you he ends up like getting promoted and stuff right and i'm just like but you could have really impacted her career right like are we not gonna right. talk about the fact that this is not just a simple I liked you. I didn't know how to handle it. This is grown adults who could have a conversation instead of being like mean to each other. And I think the right. whole like he's mean to you because he likes you or she's sassy towards you because she likes you. Like it's just it's not it, it's like when when are we going to outgrow that? Right. Like it's yeah, not it's actually cute. There's yeah. a there's a difference between the witty banter, because I'm here for banter. I'm here for sarcasm. Right. I love it all. Like, don't get me wrong. But there's a difference between those things and then just, like, straight up being mean to people. Like, exactly. never am exactly. I like, ooh, that person was so mean to me. I like them. Like, what? <laughs> right? like, <laughs> or, that... you know what? But that's, like, how we're socialized, right? So, oh, the boy is running you down in the play yard and trying to trip you because he likes you. No, just stop. Like, no, right. let's stop. And we've got to, like, be careful about how we continue to perpetuate that foolery. 1,000%. Right. 1,000%. And then you also said fake dating as one of the ones you actually liked. So I love fake dating. I think it's... Because it, it usually has all that wit and back and <laughs> forth and banter, right? And they're also, like, awkward, but then, like, having to be a little bit vulnerable with each other and stuff. Right. And... I love it, but I know I would never be able to live out that trope. I tell my mom everything. I talk to her like two <laughs> I talk to her like two times a day. And I can't hold water. So I'm gonna be in this fake dating relationship and you know who's the first person who's gonna tell? Me. I'm gonna go to my mom. <laughs> my mom's gonna go to my dad. My dad is just gonna bring it up like it's nothing and I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> You know what? Oh, okay. So I can definitely live friends to lovers and I will invite that energy into my life at any day, any point. I don't care. Um, I think that fake dating, could I do fake dating? I'm trying to think if I've ever done it. I don't think that I've ever done it. I think that what I have done is pretended like we were not messing around <laughs> <laughs> when we really were. Right. <laughs> and um and that was equally exciting because it's like every little thing is done in like this secretive clan- clandestine right. kind of thing, like kind of way. And it just it just adds a, a little bit of excitement. Right. To the relationship. So I don't know if I've, I can't remember if I've ever done like fake dating. I don't know if I could. Um, oh, you know what, Joanna? Yes, I, I haven't done fake dating, but I have done like pretend you're my boyfriend right now so we can make him jealous. Yeah. I have done that. And um, that. It, it it actually the fact that you choose that person to do it with already says something about right. how you feel about that person if you feel safe with that person mm-hmm. like 
there's an attraction because you're like, yeah, I know that you're right. Like you need to be able to work. You need to be able to make an impact. (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah, we did, we only did it for like, I think it was like a night or two. Um, and we, we had, I, I think that we had already known that there was something there, but I think like even that pretending and dancing and like being close to one another, was like like really pushed us forward into this way of like okay now that you've used me we actually need to talk about what you've right. done um, and and we we went from there so I've done both I think and that, I guess I can continue to do it again I think that one life. of the things with romance <laughs> books too is that you know all these tropes they they like let us live them out and then they don't have like the messy impact on our lives. Right, because somehow they work out for them in the books and that's so cool because i've never been in a friendship situationship scenario where that came Mm -hmm. out nice and clean for everybody involved we were like okay thanks so much for providing we're good (laughs) we can still be friends right like that that's never happened it's like right all right let's keep this going until there's this big explosion and then we'll be like yo can we even be friends Uh, maybe not and then we like dig out of each other's lives and i think so I love the idea of friends to lovers, but I've never not had to be messy. And then like second chance, I love it in a book. Like I'm so happy for those people. And I've seen a lot of like memes and jokes that cancers are always thinking about their exes and stuff. And I don't know if that's why I like a second chance. But the way that my exes are set up, there is no, like, no, there's no second chance. Like, there is no, I, there's no looking back. And I'm like, ooh, if we could try that again. I'm just like, wow, let's leave that all the way back there in the past. Right. And right. so, like, I think I like the idea for the other people. But I'm like, ooh, no. I don't. Interesting. I'm not set up that second way Second chances. Um, I just read a second chance. Um, seven days in June. Oh, and I, haven't, so, I haven't read it. I heard oh it's amazing. Gosh, it's so good. She she slayed in that book. Yeah. And I think that I could do second chances. I definitely can do second chances, especially like with like over an extended amount of time when people have like really matured and really yeah. grown. Because I also think a lot like Adios was yeah. a friends to lovers, but, but that's also a second a chance. Second chance. Mm-hmm. A second chance. I mean, it was a second chance within a second chance because he fucked up once and they fucked up again. Right. right? So. <laughs> but also, like, that was for Gabe, right? So then that's just different. <laughs> like, people talk about their book boyfriends all the time, and I haven't read a lot of, like, the the more popular books that people talk about on TikTok and stuff, but I'm uh-huh. just like, all of y'all are wrong. Because if y'all have not read a lot like Adios and Gabe is not like one of your top three book boyfriends, I don't trust your book boyfriend list. (laughs) If he's not there, I'm sorry. I just, I I don't understand because I love Gabe. I know. And you said that you were, you were like really like in love with, um... What's the one from You Have Me at Hold On? I'm looking at it right now. Ashton. Um, but that was before Ashton. we met Gabe. Right. The Gabe. I know. I saw you. Were, I, I was, I'm looking at Ashton now and I'm thinking about Gabe and I'm like, which one did I? I thought, I, I think that there's, they're, they're both equally sweet and loving and kind. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed Gabe. I, I really, really enjoyed how haunted and how, um, 
how conflicted he was. But also, I just love that he was also very creative. Mm-hmm. That he he's a writer, and that we hardly ever see. And he was writing men. fan fiction. I know. And fan he and it was like one of those things where you tell your friend, "Let's do this thing together," but really, like your friend kind of dumps it on you, and he took it on, and he wrote All this like <laughs> <laughs> he wrote this romantic fan fiction, right? Him right. and her, like. Yeah, I like, know. And she didn't see it until what, 10, 20 years later, 13 years later. But um, yeah. So second chances, I could do second chances, but it has to be the like the second chances of like, um, you know, I was pursuing a career and or I just didn't know right. who I was. We were young. Nothing. No, no fuck boy, no fuck girl, right. no dumb shit like that. I can't no, I'm not interested. My other favorite second chance is um American Sweet American Sweethearts by Adriana Herrera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it's part of her Dreamer series is the last one. And Juan Pablo, he's like my, one of my other top three book boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Like is a second chance, but he's like he goes to therapy. Right? He's mm-hmm. like listen to all the ways that his foolishness has like messed up the relationship all the ways that his pride has messed it up and then he's also like yo i've been putting in my work and now i also need you to hold yourself accountable and then she's like oh crap i've also have my my own like baggage and all messed up i love that book there is so much like them unpacking their individual baggages and then is like the spice in that book oh my god <laughs> like that that is one of the books that i'm like if you're into romance books, but you also want spice, but you also want like healthy relationship depiction and you like, like you like that stuff. Like you really are mm-hmm. in it for the romance. Oh my God. That book is top three for me. It's so, so I will good. Tell you, I, so I know the, the last thing that we wanted to talk about was, um, what are we looking forward to reading mm-hmm. in terms of romance novels? I don't have any. I'm looking forward to hearing what you are going to recommend yeah. because I don't have, it's something that I'm still exploring and I am reading across many different genres and um, yeah, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hearing what you well. We're about to enter holiday season. So I don't know if people like holiday romances, but I'm here for when those little holiday novellas and short stories be coming out during Mm -hmm. the season. Um, So I'm really excited for that. Um, I feel like, okay, yeah, we can share this because this this is coming out um, after tomorrow. But there is an anthology coming out this winter with all of these wonderful Latinx romance writers and they're writing their their short stories. It's called it's already on Amazon for pre-order. Oh man. Who is it? It is um Alexis Darias in it, Adriana's in it, um Zoe Are you Castell. talking about Reclaim the Stars? No, that comes out no. in but have January. You seen that? No, okay, I still don't have a copy, and I want a copy so bad. Um, Which one are you talking about? Tell me. Oh, it's called Amor Actually. It comes out on December 7th. It's already available for pre-order. There's going to be a cover reveal um, really soon, and it's a bunch of stories centering around um, around Noche Buena, and it has so many Latinx romance writers. Like, they're all there, and everyone should get it because... 
it's gonna be amazing like i haven't read it <laughs> but i already know it's gonna be amazing because it has all these amazing authors um so that's definitely a book that i'm really really looking forward to um for the holidays what uh what else is coming up reclaim the stars i know that comes out all the way in 2022 but i am excited <laughs> for that book to come out like i want it to be out yeah. now yes like yes, yes, out yes, already yes. it is so beautiful the, the cover is so beautifully done the people who are part of this this um collection just re i mean come on we have Lilian Rivera, we have right. Mark Oshido, like Danielle Jose Older, like it's like so everyone's many. Everyone's there. Yamil Sae Mendez, and it's edited by Zarita. So it's like, it's so, oh my God, I, Romina Garba. And when we talk next week, uh, next we're going to talk about Casadora. About Casadora, which is a fantasy that has a love and romance um, element to it that we both love, 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 love how Romina built that up. Um, what you said has been confirmed. <laughs> but we, we will wait till next week to have that conversation. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that book. But yeah. So that's one book. That's like one of the books that I'm really, really excited for. Like when I found out that was a thing coming out in December, I, I freaked out a little bit by myself. Um, Which one? Reclaim the Stars? No. Um, Amor Actually with the, with the holiday romance. I love holiday romances. They're cute and short and everybody gets a cute, happy ending. But I think... For people who want to read more romance and they're looking for Latinx romance writers, there are so many. And people, please go out. Literally, y'all, like Google is your, is your friend. Please also Google if you, because if, I'm not going to remember every single person. But obviously, right. we already talked about Alexis Daria. Her books are, they're amazing. She writes great romance books. Um, yes. Adriana Herrera is one of my She's one of my faves at the moment. I just, I love her books. She writes with so much LGBTQ representation. Um, the American Dreamer series is all queer. It's all Afro-Latinx representation. Um, and I think she's one of those authors who's, you know, really giving us a lot of the rep representation that folks are saying they want. There's queer stories. Right. There's stories with Black characters, Black Latinx folks. Like, it's, it's all there. And they're all so good. Um, Mia Sosa is also writing and she yes. has I, you know what? black representation um, and she has a new book coming out too so everybody should be looking out for that um, Zoe Castell that's Zoreda um, like, like second publishing name that's what she mm -hmm. that's what she writes her romance books under and she has three romance books that I found that center around um, around guys who are strippers and they are so good like i never <laughs> thought i would want like this rom these romance books around strippers or anything like that but they are really really good um who else is there priscilla olivares oh she, yeah 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 she that, has she, great romance i love yeah, Island she Affair. Had one, she, yeah she just had, came on one this mm -hmm. year yeah, yeah so that's a, good that's that's a good list right those are some authors for folks to start yeah. with and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so there's so many more, but those I feel like are like the the big names in Latinx rom com right now. And yes, go check them out because they're writing amazing romance books with representation. They're also spicy, and they're like amazing love stories. Where I'm just like, yeah, yes, I agree. I second that. 
So, folks, there you have it. Our history, our politics, our feelings, our thoughts, our preferences around romance. And so what we are reading, we've already read, but we're going to discuss Casadora next time. Um, and I am very, very, very excited about that. Hey, pero bien. 